what is the cloud. It's not just pie in the sky anymore. SAP presents In the Cloud with Game Changers with your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Are you in the cloud yet? If you are, do you know how to maximize its potential? Get ready for an hour of innovations and innovators who will explain how they are using the cloud. Find out how to make it work for you or work more effectively for you. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, the cloud. That's what we're talking about here on In the Cloud with Game Changers. New world, great benefits. Yes, a handful of applications may give you fast growth, cost-effective innovation, new agility, everything you want. However, there is a downside, maybe a slide, siloed. Disconnected clouds and on-premise databases will not talk to each other, and they might not be talking to you the way you expected. What to do? Our experts are here today to help. Let me introduce you to their concepts, and then we'll hear from them in a moment. Lauren Nelson from Forrester says, for most enterprises today, cloud environments remain isolated from other cloud and non-cloud environments due primarily to a lack of standards. Looking forward, it will be a combination of vendors open source initiatives, and standards bodies that will enable this connection. We'll be hearing from Lauren in just a minute. Nayaki Nayar from SAP says, as companies evolve from on-premise to cloud applications, integration between OP-OD, I'll explain that that's on-premise, on-demand, and ODOD, on-demand, on-demand applications, will be key for successful cloud deployments. Companies with a solid integration strategy and architecture will evolve to the cloud faster. And that's what you all want, is evolving to the cloud faster. And Greg Chase is joining us today. He says very simply, hey, Greg just likes to condense it all down into the basics here. Integration is needed to turn your clouds into a storm. And we're, of course, looking for the perfect storm. So stay tuned with us for the next hour when we're going to hear more of their expert insights on integrating the clouds, plural, the perfect storm. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. And a reminder, hey, we would like you to take your coffee break with us on Coffee Break with Game Changers every Wednesday, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Business Channel. And you want a copy of our mug? You want a mug of your own? We're giving away free official SAP Coffee Break Game Changer mugs at sapgamechangersradio.com. Go there and tell us who you are. Give us an address and bingo you will get a beautiful mug in the mail. So let me introduce my guests very briefly. You're going to hear them say hello, and then we'll get started. Lauren Nelson, Forrester Research's private IAAS cloud lead, is an analyst based in Cambridge, Mass., right here on the East Coast, where I am, serving infrastructure and operationals professionals. How are you today, Lauren? I'm doing well, Bonnie. How are you? Fine, thank you. Delighted to have you back. You've been on the show before, and I know you always have wonderful things to say, and, and you explain everything so well. So thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. And then we're going to welcome our new guest to the show, Nayaki Nayer, is the head of CRM On Demand and Integration On Demand business at SAP. Nayaki, welcome to In the Cloud. How are you today? Thank you, Bonnie. I need to talk just a little bit louder. I need to hear a little more of you. Thank you, Bonnie. We're looking forward to this. Wonderful. Terrific. I know you're a busy lady. We appreciate your taking the time. And Greg Chase, Senior Director, Cloud Technology Marketing, has joined the panel. Greg, thank you so much. And say hello to everybody, Greg. Bonnie, it's always a pleasure to be part of Cloud Radio. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. You're loud and clear. Yes, Greg is on. Okay, we're here. So let's talk about what the quotes are from my special guest. Lauren, we're going to start with you in the order in which I introduced you. For most enterprises today, cloud environments remain isolated from other cloud and non-cloud environments due to lack of standards. Let's start with that. That's a mouthful. So we're talking other cloud and non-cloud. How much is out there in the typical enterprise environment? What have they, they baked together that may not be tasting so good? Tell me. Well, it's not so much what's not baked together today. Very little is baked together today. Um, If you're looking at traditional enterprise today, for the most part, these are very separated environments. Um, Almost every one of the environments is is living isolated. So uh, some folks have adopted public cloud in some ways. Others are building their private clouds. There's also a whole slew of non-cloud environments that uh, have not been connected to these these cloud environments either. So you're looking at your traditional hosted environments, your dedicated physical environments on site, or even a traditional virtual environment on site. Um, For the most part, these are living as individual silos with very little integration between them. Lauren, what is the reason for that? Was it bad? You talk about also the the lack of standards. Is it that somebody said, uh, and forgive me for this, wow, cloud, we have to go there. Okay, you go take us into the cloud. Okay, that app looks really good. Let's do it. And then one day they sit down and they say, what have we done? What have we not done? How does it happen that it gets this way so siloed? Well, they're early technologies. Um, Anytime you have a a new technology in a market, uh, it takes a while for standards to catch up. Um, right now, uh, infrastructure as a service has only been out for a few years. It's been about five years in now. Um, and, and standards really won't come around for the next five to ten years. Um, we are really able to see some interoperability and portability between environments. We are able to really get a hybrid cloud environment that talks to each other and not just having multiple clouds and multiple environments that your applications can live on. Does this come from a vision from the top, just briefly, because I want to bring Nayaki into this. Does this come from a vision from the top, uh, bad planning, or just as you say, it's new, it's exciting, let's go there, and then we'll worry about it later? Where where does it come from, corporate culture-wise? Well, right now, it's relatively new. Um, a lot of the infrastructure as a service usage thus far has been one-off usage or new companies that are using cloud in new innovative ways where they don't have to deal with the status quo. Um, if you look at most enterprises today in central IT departments, they're just starting to, to get their feet wet in the cloud. They're starting with simple workloads. And really, right now, it's not as important for it to integrate with other environments. As you start to move forward in the next year or so, you're going to see more and more of this where they need to integrate with other uh, systems. Right now, for the most part, where we see the most integration is between internal databases and private cloud environments. Okay, thank you. Let's turn to Nayaki Nayer from SAP. You say, as companies evolve from on-premise to cloud applications, integration between on-premise on-demand and on-demand on-demand will be key for successful deployments, companies with a solid integration strategy, and that's what we're really talking about today, and architecture will evolve to the cloud faster. Give me a little bit of a background on this, Nayaki, please. So, Bonnie, if you look at the last 40 years, the companies have been investing in their on-premise business. But uh, according to the analysts, uh, the next five years is going to be big for cloud. And uh, the IT spending in the cloud is going to increase significantly. And the prediction is 75% of the IT spending in the next uh, five years is going to be in the cloud or in hybrid environments. So as companies evolve from their uh, on-prem business that they have been used to or they have been doing in the last 40, 50 years to uh, the cloud applications, hybrid deployments will become a norm, right? Parts of the business mm-hmm. is running in the cloud. Parts of the business is running on-premise. And how they integrate these businesses that are running in this hybrid environment 
would be very, very critical for their long-term success. So, so who is uh, going to decide? And, uh, mm-hmm. IT Go departments ahead. have to really plan this together versus just um, uh, bringing up product. They really have to think through, have a strategy, architecture, and technology in place to be able to evolve into cloud uh, faster and smoother. Nayaki, can somebody who's already in IT, who's seen cloud as new and exciting and fresh and the wow factor, if you'll excuse me for saying that, can they learn how to do this integration or do you need to bring in somebody who is cutting their teeth on the cutting edge of cloud, who can bring that integration vision and structure and discipline to a company? Where do you see it, inside, outside, or how, how do we get there? No, no, definitely companies can evolve. They already have a lot of skill sets in-house today. Most of these companies have been doing integration for the last uh, 10, 15 years internally within the on-prem business. They just have to make sure they think through how they integrate with the cloud business now as, uh, as a strategy versus an afterthought. So most of the companies already have the skill set. They just have to evolve this and um uh, plan for it up front versus it becoming an afterthought. Very good point. That's what I wanted to hear. And that's going to be a relief to people who are listening who are saying, oh, my God, did I just do myself out of a job? We're going to turn to Greg Chase. Greg says, Greg is going to help us figure out how do we get here with all these disconnected clouds. Greg, what do you have to say about the lack of integration? Greg, you with me? Nothing like the mute button being on. Um, <laughs> Darling, never, never, not on our show. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so the first question you have to ask is, how did we even get here? And we have to remember yes. that that cloud computing, software as a service, for example, started as an end uh, end run around around traditional IT, this where a line of business managers were suddenly empowered to be able to bring in their own systems running somewhere out there in the cloud. And so these line of business managers, of course, were solving their specific business problems. Integration is more of a company-wide concern, not just a departmental concern. Um, And this is where you need somebody like your CIO and your IT department, someone with the purview of thinking about things like end-to-end business processes, um, data architectures that need to be concerned about company-wide visibility. This this is where people come in and can do um, architecture and design, and this is um, requires to some degree uh, a certain amount of forethought in, in in buying. So you could say it's it's not unlike where we were, say, 15 years ago when enterprise apps were springing up uh, on a departmental basis, and someone had to say, how do we fit all this stuff together? So that's where that's the kinds of concerns that say like uh, integration, cloud integration needs to be uh, addressing, as well as how do I deal with um, how do I deal with different clouds running in different kinds of standards. So there is also some additional complexities that have to be solved in cloud in- uh, cloud integration. Greg, you see a lot of cloud applications coming up through this this interest in being innovative and, and doing little incubator projects, if that's the right term. Do you think that a lot of it is popping up because people are saying, well, we really want to do this, but it's so much more cost-effective, so much more agile. Let's experiment. Let's do this this small project. And then they're left with these, these little clouds around. Is that part of the genesis? It is a little bit. I would say the degree of the problem you're trying to solve also uh, affects the amount of integration you need. A lot of cloud applications started up as fairly simple point applications where data sharing is not a concern. 
But when you start getting into, say, major customer or employee or supplier applications where you're starting to address the company's master data and extending business processes, now you've got uh, – you're 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 working on uh, corp- core corporate um, uh, data and business processes that have to be included with, into the hybrid on-premise applications as well. Okay, you know what? I think we're up against our first break. You're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers, as always here on SAP Radio. We're trying to level set and give you a good education in cloud. My three experts today are Lauren Nelson from Forrester Research, Nayaki Nayer from SAP CRM On Demand and Integration On Demand, and Greg Chase, Cloud Technology Marketing. We have a lot more for you here. Don't even think of touching that mouse. We are live. Today is July 26, 2012. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. And we're back. We're going to talk about the I word. It's kind of big to fit on a sweatshirt, but it's really important. We're talking about integrating the separate clouds, the separate environments. How can you get the maximum benefit in your company? I'm going to ask Lauren Nelson from Forrester to kick this off. We're going to talk about interoperability and the possibility of doing it through APIs. So, Lauren, why don't you give us a lesson in interoperability and then talk to us about what kinds of APIs would help, please. Okay, great. So, um When it comes to cloud standards today, two of the biggest areas where we're missing uh, standards that will enable interoperability or at least make it a lot easier uh, is around interoperability and portability. So interoperability is the ability to to use multiple clouds um, to meet your needs and connecting those two environments um, and have applications run smoothly between them. Um, Portability refers to the ability to move that application from one environment to another. Um, that's really what we're seeing a lot of difficulties today. Um, if you want to move applications or have different uh, different environments speak to one another, you have to do it yourself. Um, it's not right out of the box. It's, uh, it, it is possible today, and a lot of folks are using published APIs to be able to, to achieve this, this uh, ability. But very few uh, have been able to 
offer that, or very few vendors have been able to offer that to customers today, where they're able to have that right out of the box. And that's not something we're going to see until vendors start writing to each other's APIs. Um, today, there's a, a standard in the market with Amazon EC2's APIs where we're seeing some folks starting to, to write to this and enable some of the interoperability. But in general, we there's not a great deal of this in the market today. Um, okay. We'll see more and more of it as this comes about. Nayaki, why don't you weigh in on this? And if you want to talk a little bit about UI integration and the unified user experience for business processes, uh, go ahead and, and just add what you think would be appropriate after what Lauren said. Yes, uh, I totally agree with Lauren. Uh, interoperability uh, is very critical, and especially all the cloud vendors, they have to make sure that their cloud apps have all the required APIs for uh, customers to be able to build their own um, interoperability if needed. But um, to expand on that, uh, when we talk mm-hmm. about integration between cloud and uh, the rest of the heterogeneous environment that the customers have to deal with, it's not just sending data back and forth. Uh, it, it's more than just sending data back and forth. It's about what we call business process integration, where a given process is partially running in the cloud and partially running in their on-premise business. For example, someone could be running their uh, payroll in the cloud while their financial systems are running on-premise. So, uh, And someone could be running their Salesforce automation in the cloud where their marketing operations could be running on-premise. So as a given business process is split between their cloud environment and their on-premise environment, they have to think through how the process is integrated across these uh, hybrid landscapes or heterogeneous landscapes. And in addition to business process, UI integration is another critical thing. You know, at the end of the day, business mm-hmm. users really don't care when they hit an app, whether their app on the iPad or an iPhone is coming from their cloud or is coming from their on-premise business. They just expect it to work seamlessly. So this is, again, the companies have to think through how the entire UI is seamlessly integrated between their uh, cloud apps and their on-premise apps. Security that's a, another big concern here, so yes. that's something guys have to think through, too. That's a great point. It's it's like you don't want to know what's behind the curtain. You just want to know what you're seeing on the stage, and you're right. It's that, that user interface that works. The app works. You can get your job done. You can do what you're supposed to do. You don't really care how it got there. Very, very good point. I, Greg, before I add you to this, I want to read some statistics about cloud from some large enterprise research that was done. Uh, Sven Denikin, a VP of Strategy and Head of Co-Innovation in Cloud and On-Demand Solutions at SAP, sent these to me. He was supposed to be with us today, but, but unfortunately had another, another pressing engagement. So I want to read a couple of these stats and see if these resonate with some of my, uh, with my panel. 59% of large enterprises indicate that cloud solutions are already used in their companies. That's 59%. That's pretty big. Now, 79% of the respondents consider cloud computing to be important for the business success of their companies. So they have that success vision going forward. 61% see mobile devices consider, consider, I'm sorry, could significantly improve value and usefulness of social cloud solutions. And we were just talking about some mobility with Nayaki a second ago. 65% agree that the most important long-term benefits of cloud are greater business flexibility and agility, 
versus the cost savings. And one more stat here, 46% agree to the statement that embedding social capabilities into important business workflows are critical to their company's success. Greg, do you have any comments on any of these stats? Are you are you not surprised that we're seeing such large-spread adoption at the large enterprise level? Well, I mean, I'm in marketing, so maybe this is why I have this view, but frankly, I'm kind of surprised those numbers are so low. Um, ah. I, I would be expecting at this point 80% or more uh, to be thinking at least for net new applications, cloud, mobility, social are the expectation. Um, they were cutting cutting edge five years ago. Now I think they're they're proven as as a more delightful, um, uh, more easier to consume uh, and and utilize types of applications. Okay, so where would you expect these to be? Eighty to ninety percent? Uh, I would say within two years they'll definitely be eighty to ninety percent, if not completely obvious. Okay. I want you to flip the coin for me here, Greg, and, and Lauren and Nayaki can chime in on this. Let's talk not large enterprise. Let's talk about small to medium-sized companies. Let's forget the word enterprise even. Let's talk about cloud adoption or having a gleam in your eye that you want to go to the cloud. You've heard great things about it. Agility is a great thing for you. You're planning to grow. You want to do it with fewer on-premise costs. You don't want to have a big IT department. All the typical reasons. What do you see as cloud adoption and this, what we're talking about, the, the clouds, the separate clouds for smaller companies. Greg and anybody else who wants to chime in on that. What, what do we see on the landscape I'll, today? I'll go ahead and start this one out. Please. I, I think cloud is a must for, say, you're a, a smaller company or a newer company just starting out. You will start as much as you can with a cloud IT department, um, a cloud-based IT department. Now, this is where the lack of integration of clouds in the market today can be a real problem for you and where your competitors, older competitors running on-premise have an advantage as they can see your business end-to-end. So this is why, um, uh, say, for example, ERP systems in the clouds, uh, such as SAP Business by Design, uh, can really help these companies out so they can get that integrated, uh, pre-integrated IT architecture um, right out of the cloud uh, and use this as a base for the uh, uh, for adding on new capabilities of their business. Okay. Nayaki, what do you see on looking down the food chain at smaller companies coming up through the ranks? Uh, is is cloud is an integrated cloud strategy right from the get-go, Nayaki, the smart way to go, or should they be experimenting here and there with a little bit of each? What do you think? So especially for small companies, I mean, cloud is the best answer they could have ever uh, asked for because they really do not want to deal with a heavy on-prem um, IT staff and uh, applications that they have to deal with. So as they are um, evaluating the cloud applications, they are actually looking at multiple vendors and multiple options. What they have to think through small small companies is to make sure um, as uh, these apps integrate with each other out of the box versus them having to deal with the integration themselves. So that's one thing I feel Small companies, some medium-sized companies have to be cautious about as they are selecting their cloud vendors. Be very uh, uh, diligent in making sure those integrations come out of the box versus having to do it themselves. And that's going to be the biggest uh, benefit for them and the lowest TCO. 
Good to know. That's good. You know, uh, Nayaki, I know you're new to the show. We try to address all size companies. We have thousands and thousands of listeners on SAP Radio every month, and the shows are listened to heavily on demand, which this one will be available in about 24 hours after we're done. And we like to include everybody in the conversation, so I just wanted you to know that's why I ask, Greg knows and Lauren knows, typically I'll ask, how can we address the needs and the challenges and even the dreams of a smaller company that might be listening and saying, hey, what's all this they're talking about? Is it only about the large enterprise? No. We have good advice and good insights. And starting off with a solid foundation of cloud knowledge, understanding and planning, of course, interoperability. And, well, you don't even need interoperability. You just need to know where you're going in the cloud. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Lauren, I know you have something to say about this, looking down at the looking at the landscape of smaller companies that are burgeoning today that want to be part of the big world. Uh, what do you say to them? So if you look at very small businesses under mm-hmm. 20 employees, um, you see a lot of interest in adopting infrastructure as a service. But for the most part, the adoption that we've seen for them is on the software as a service side, where they're using these applications to meet their needs, but not requiring uh, a lot more from there. They don't really need infrastructure to support it um, that they're going to be paying for. Um, when it comes to infrastructure as a service, we've seen about a 15% adoption rate for that group. And as uh, as those organizations slowly get larger, we see them start to create a central IT department and actually be more adverse to a cloud. You'd actually think that some of these smaller organizations under 100 would be huge proponents of, of infrastructure as a service offerings. But we actually see them having a significantly lower adoption than a lot of the larger enterprises today. Um, if you look at from our Forrester's uh, hardware survey, mm-hmm. we actually see that from the range of 100 to 500 employees, they report the lowest adoption of infrastructure as a service today at only 10% compared to the industry average at 14. Do you think that's going to change over time? Is anything going to happen to entice them to do more? Well, it depends. So when it comes to cloud, it all centers around the cloud economics piece. So uh, do they have workloads that meet the needs of a public cloud or just cloud environment in general? Um, do they have variable workloads, short-term needs? And a lot of these have started up on one idea that might be fit, might fit into a cloud scenario. And this is where we see a lot of small and medium businesses start with cloud. So if, for example, it was previously a huge barrier to entry, because um, mm-hmm. they previously would have to have such an uh, upfront cost on securing these resources. We've seen those type of organizations really start to use cloud services from the get-go. But if you look at a lot of the other organizations that are starting up that aren't really looking to have significant amounts of infrastructure from the get-go, we've seen actually a lower adoption. Um, and I don't think that that will change. I think it will very much still be along the same kind of usage patterns. Interesting. Now, I, I want to address the mid-sized company. We focused a little bit on the, the small, the startups, and we've definitely started talking about the large enterprise. Uh, Greg, Nayaki, either one of you mid-sized that are already pretty much entrenched and on-premise. They've already got their investments. They want to grow. They're looking at the big boys, the big girls, and saying, hey, we want to be like them. How hard would that interoperability be? What would it do to tax the, the energies of the company as it exists? Do they need a new management team? Who wants to jump in on that? So I can take that. Uh, yes. So uh, where uh, what we have seen, we have seen that the mid-sized companies are more um, open to moving to the cloud faster than the large enterprises. So they already had some on-premise uh, uh, investments, but as the cloud apps are becoming available and uh, becoming more and more mature, 
they seem to have the biggest interest to move into the cloud and are very willing to work with the cloud vendors to make sure uh, the apps are migrated to the cloud as soon as possible. And I can see a couple of reasons for this. One is primarily to reduce their overall TCO and IT cost, definitely, but also the, co- the speed of innovation that the cloud gives them so they don't have to spend their own IT dollars to innovate fast. I mean, most of the cloud apps are innovated on a quarterly basis. New upgrades, new patches, new feature functions are provided. So these uh, mid-sized companies seem to be more open and wanting to adapt those new innovations that are coming at such fast pace. Good to know. And you know what? You took me right to the edge of our halfway break. Thank you, Nayaki, with that. I'm very pleased. We have covered the wide landscape of all sizes of companies. When we come back, a lot more about the challenges of hybrid environments that companies' CIOs have to think about with my special guests, Nayaki Nayer and Lauren Nelson and Greg Chase. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is In the Cloud with Game Changers, and we are helping you change the game. So listen up. Two-minute break, and we'll be right back. Justin, out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. If our listeners could have heard the chat we were having, I was having with my three special guests on the break, we were tumbling over a lot of different things we still have to bring up. We're going to be talking about the challenges of hybrid environments that are challenging CIOs, what they have to think about. We want to cover security. That always comes up in a cloud secure, cloud conversation. Everybody wants to know, is my data safe? Where is it? Is it being shared? Who can see it? How do I get it back? I don't think those questions are going away anytime soon. And we want to talk about master data synchronization, a lot to cover. Nayaki, I'm going to start off with you. Let's talk about the challenges that CIOs have to think about, please, and then we'll segue into all these other topics, if you will. So, Bonnie, uh, one of the topmost concerns for most of the CIOs as they are thinking about the cloud, uh, every time the cloud topic comes up, the biggest concern they have on their mind is uh, security. And not just about securing the data that's uh, moving back and forth uh, between the cloud applications and uh, the on-premise applications. The, the next level of security that they're having to think through, which is very critical, 
there's the socks relevant. Most of these uh, applications that were on premise were socks relevant for them, and they had to go through a lot of socks um, compliant activities over the last few years to make sure those apps were compliant. They have to go through the same exercise for these cloud apps also. A lot of these cloud apps become socks relevant, and they have to work with the cloud vendor to make sure uh, all the socks requirements are met. So we are seeing this more and more. And um, this is one of the biggest things that we just have to think through, not to mention the massive data synchronization. I know this is an age-old problem, even in the on-premise world. It becomes even more uh, bigger uh, concern or bigger thing that we have to think through to synchronize their master data. Unless the master data is synchronized between their on-prem systems and the cloud systems, they will have a big issue on their hands. So this is something they really have to think through, plan through strategy, have a strategy in place and execute on that uh, diligently. Otherwise, uh, people have a mess on their hands. And the last but not the least, the overall governance of how do they manage this hybrid environment, this heterogeneous environment, mm-hmm. uh, all the way from monitoring upgrades to patches to um, uh, customer calls and the entire end-to-end governance that they have to think through. It uh, may require some new skill sets that they have to bring into their IT landscape and uh, also uh, new ways of uh, running their IT operations. So these are the three key things we have been um, noticing from various CIOs and having discussions and helping them uh, address these issues. Thank you. Good overview. Lauren Nelson, Forrester, what's Forrester seeing on these issues of security and master data synchronization and the good old G governance of every day? What do you see? Well, just taking a step back with just CIOs and what they need to be focusing on today mm-hmm. when it comes to moving to the cloud, I think what they typically miss out on is not necessarily the technology portions, but thinking about it as an overall business transformation. Um, so earlier on the this call, we were talking a little bit about uh, how it's empowering users and that this is a big transformation for central IT to figure out how to to support this um, and how to integrate it with existing systems. Uh, I think that's the bigger challenge here. How does a CIO plan for this uh, communication between the business and central IT and making sure that they're able to truly provide something that the business is going to want to use so they're no longer circumventing the IT department to use these cloud resources, which, tie, which ties in nicely to the security portion. So uh, today's call is focusing on integration in the cloud. Well, when you start to integrate multiple environments, you start really starting to enter this uh, how secure is my environment conversation because almost every application you have has to refer back to an internal database. Um, most mm-hmm. enterprise uh, resources today are, are set up that way. Um, and for a lot of folks, that's where they really get most concerned with cloud resources and security. Um, if it's an isolated application living in a cloud environment where it's never really talking to on-premise uh, databases, they're a little more comfortable with that. But when you start to get into the territory where you're putting an application in the cloud that's constantly referring back to sensitive information that's subject to compliance, uh, it gets more challenging. You start have to thinking about, about utilizing third-party security measures, about isolating aspects of that application when it's living in that public environment. So it just becomes a much more complicated view for that, for that CIO to look at. Lauren, do you think we'll ever achieve a level of comfort, a real comfort level as far as security in the cloud, or is it something that's always going to be that little nagging question mark about what's really happening to my stuff? Do do you think that's going to be perpetual and forever? Well, it's all in perspective. So if you look at a lot of the other countries, if you look at EMEA, Asia Pacific, 
one of the biggest drivers for moving to cloud there is security because what they can provide in a cloud data center is far more secure than what they would be able to provide on their own. Um, the fact that that is a driving factor really highlights the fact that these environments are secure in a lot of ways. Um, when it comes to cloud security, a lot of folks are, are uh, uncertain about it because of these non-dedicated resources within a public environment. Um, there are yes. variations where they dedicate parts of that. Uh, but I think security will always come up. Um, anytime something's leaving a company firewall, uh, there's always concerns around security and, and who has access to that information. Exactly. That, I think that will be a perpetual question if you can't see it and you're not sure and you can't check on it. What, who else is looking at it and who else can touch it? I want to bring Greg Chase into this conversation. Greg, I know on the, the break you mentioned something about what's unique about what companies can do in the cloud they can't do anywhere else. So why don't we segue into that about what, what is this, what, what other benefits should companies be paying attention to that's worth the trouble of either starting up pure cloud or doing your integration after you've already started with, with your IT investment. So what's your point of view? So, uh, this brings up an interesting thought is people first started thinking of cloud computing as a way to save IT operating costs. And then uh, sort of the the conversation 2.0 was, oh, now I can deploy things faster in the cloud. Um, To me, what's interesting is how can cloud computing and associated technology trends that are sort of paralleling with cloud um, how, what are new things companies can do before that they could never do, uh, or that, that, or that they could never do before this? And I'm thinking of, for example, say like, uh, data quality. Um, you can do things like have, uh, socially shared master data, uh, master data objects between, uh, the, uh, many different companies. Whereas before you would think of this as your your treasured data, but if in fact you can socialize the um, the contact information and the uh, uh, say like customer information between different companies that have the same customer, everybody benefits from having up to date information. Okay, take that a little farther for me. Uh, what what should a small company be able to envision when they're looking at cloud and and seeing all of the wonderful benefits that are out there? What could get them really excited about saying we're just going to jump right in? In the end, it's going to be the application that's on the cloud. Cloud is one of a couple of different delivery mechanisms, whether it's traditional software running in something like uh, Amazon or it is a shared software as a service. Um, but, I mean, for example, uh, think of your your company now. Is, is it more important to have a web page or is it more important to have a Facebook page for your company? Because, of course, Facebook is a shared cloud application. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's talk about collaboration in the cloud a little bit. Next week's topic, by the way, is peer-to-peer group networking communities in the cloud. But I think we can talk a little bit about that as a as a benefit. And, Greg, you're talking about this collaborative cloud-based uh, interaction right now, and we we talk frequently on this show about the fact that customers really own your brand right now for getting down into the marketing side of the equation. Customers own your brand because of social media, because of the readily available social platform. You can scream praise, you can scream demeaning things we talked about, loving a company or being livid about a company. So what should a company, a small, and Nayaki or Lauren jump in on this, what should a small company that's looking at cloud understand about this networking, peer-to-peer collaboration, a little bit of that, and how their brand is going to be owned by the world 
because the world is out there doing cloud talking. So who wants to jump in on this? This oh, is Lauren. I can jump in. Okay. Go ahead. So, so um, yeah, the social media, as far as the entire branding and how the social media is very playing a very very key role mm-hmm. um, in making sure uh, companies uh, are very uh, aware of this, how to manage social media, how to uh, be plugged into it, and um, and cloud is the best way. I mean, there are a lot of cloud apps out there that uh, helps the companies. Put their arms around everything that's going on in social media. Uh, there are tons of uh, small vendor apps too, and uh, so something that um, would be a big advantage for companies to take. Uh, and I, I agree. Um, there's a lot of collaboration technologies out there that are, are based in public cloud resources. So they're offered as software as a service solutions, and they really are providing differentiated value. So, for example, there's a, a company out there that does enhanced presentations that it lets you present in a much more uh, user-friendly fashion where you're not seeing slide by slide, but you've got this interactive journey that you travel from one, one slide to another where you're able to kind of see how this all maps together. Uh, very interesting new way of, of really engaging audiences when you're presenting. There's other technologies that really allow for an easier sharing of resources. So uh, I know a lot of organizations out there are hesitant to, to adopt Dropbox, but there's a lot of other document sharing uh, resources out there um, and, and tools like Dropbox that a lot of organizations, especially small businesses, have adopted to really be able to make their jobs go faster and be able to share and really be able to collaborate in a much more effective way. And I think Good we're going to see an increasing amount of this as, as time goes on. Good to know. Very encouraging. Greg, you want to jump in on this one? Join us? Sure. So it's, it's, it's neat to see these different new things companies can do in the cloud. So then you might be thinking, so what does this have to do with integration? Um, mm-hmm. Consider, for example, the social media, uh, social media side of things. You've got all kinds of new interactions between your customers and your employees that need to find their way back into a business process. What does it mean when a sales prospect likes something uh, on your uh, Facebook page? And more importantly, how do you capture that into their customer master data record? Uh, Because this gives you an opportunity to start really uh, personalizing what your individual customers are like and, and bring it back to, back to them what it is that they're interested in. Uh, another example is is what about uh, security? And by the way, security isn't just your employees using services. Uh, a lot of companies have authorizations for their existing customers, for their customer experience systems. So wouldn't it be nice if you had a consistent way of managing uh, the customer's identity between, say, like the, uh, your company's Facebook page and uh, one of, say, like your purchasing system. Good. Thank you. And you know what? We're up against another break. We have 30 seconds to go out. I'm going to give a little preview here of what's coming up and prepare my guests. Laura Nayaki and Greg put on your thinking cap. We're going to talk about the crystal ball when we come back. Final segment. I'm going to ask you, business as we've known it is in game-changing mode today. All companies across the globe, all sizes, all industries, all sectors. Look into your crystal ball five years ahead, and you're going to tell me what you predict integrating the various clouds will look like if it is even an issue 
five years from today in 2017. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers. We'll be right back. You won't want to miss these predictions. This is gold stuff. Right back. Justin, out. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. And we are in the cloud. We are immersed in the cloud today. We're talking about integrating the various clouds, the perfect storm. I'm going to ask my guests to look into their crystal ball right now and tell me, is it stormy? Is it happy? Is it sunny? What is the weather in the cloud in the next five years or any time frame they would like to tell us about? We'll kick this off with Lauren Nelson from Forrester Research. Lauren, Crystal Ball, what do you see and how far out can you look from the vantage point of your position at Forrester? Well, if I just stick to that five-year time frame, I think everyone's always more optimistic than than what actually happens in the market. I think everyone talks about how the market is going to be X size and that everybody's going to be using the cloud however many years out. Um, I think we're going to have a slow adoption these next few years. Um, I think that Almost every organization is going to start trying to use public cloud services in one way or another. Um, There's still a lot of articles out there about how public cloud is dead and how it's all about private cloud. I couldn't disagree more. Um, I think private cloud is a a transition for a lot of enterprises, and they feel a lot more comfortable going that route than than going right to public cloud. Um, Going to cloud, what it's mixed with is the consumerization of IT, and I think that is going to be the key trend over these next five years. And cloud is one of the journeys, along with mobility, that a lot of these organizations are going to be going through these next few years. How do I deliver greater value to the business? Um, The business is no longer going to accept whatever IT decides that um, is the best options and tools for them to use. Instead, it's going to be the business that decides whether those tools meet, meet their needs and are the best tools that they can use at any given point of time. Um, and IT is really going to have to work on that communication between the business. Um, and it, it, there's a lot of promise, a lot of opportunity, um, and I think there's a lot of great ways in which both parties can innovate over these next few years. But I think that's going to be the dominant trend. And as that happens, there's going to be more rolling out into the cloud. Um, and as, as time goes on, the only big change I see in the next five years is less of, oh, I'm just going to put 
whatever in the cloud. Um, I'm going to choose random applications or my biggest pain point application and put it in the cloud. And thinking about it more from a strategic standpoint, where they're looking at applications by application fit and whether it matches the economics and whether that specifically makes sense, and less so, let's just try and put something in the cloud and get the cloud as quickly as we can. Thank you, Lauren. I have a quick question for you to tag on to what you just said. Do you think we'll ever see a title on a door that's CCO, Chief Cloud Officer? I don't think so. Um, I think there will be a manager-level position that will be a cloud administrator. Um, I think that's a more likely role. Um, today we see a lot of organizations using existing staff um, and training them up with cloud skill sets, so having them put an IT-only facing app in the public cloud so that they can get used to the actual interface itself and what to expect when it comes to running these applications in the cloud. Um, and then we've seen some organizations hire externally for that administrator that will lead this team. Um, it's one of the most sought-after jobs these, these days where you see a lot of job descriptions for this, this cloud administrator that has five-plus years of experience, which is my, my personal pet peeve. Um, considering that it's only been around for five years. But uh, anyway. <laughs> Talk about done. cutting your teeth. Thank you. Thank you for that add-on. I pre- And we just did a, a promotion for what kind of jobs people could be looking for now. Thank you for that job posting, Lauren. Okay, let's turn to Nayaki Nayer from SAP Crystal Ball Nayaki. I know you have a, a tremendous vantage point from your strategic position at SAP. What do you see? Can you look ahead five years for us? Yes, absolutely. So uh, if we roll forward five years, Bonnie, I predict that uh, most of the companies uh, will be running at least 25 to 50% of their apps in the cloud. And um, this would be running across uh, a very complex landscape. I mean, they would have combination of what we call private clouds, public clouds, um, different um, uh, clouds from multiple vendors, not to mention the on-premise uh, that they already have. So across this entire uh, complex landscape or heterogeneous landscape is what we call uh, integration um, it becomes so key. They don't, uh, they cannot just think about integrating individual apps together. They really have to think through integration holistically. And when I say integration holistically, there are two components to it uh, that every company has to think through as they evolve to cloud over the next five years. They have to think about uh, technology that helps them bring integration together uh, across all these the heterogeneous plans. Plus, they also have to think through a semantic layer because uh, without that semantic layer, it's going to become very difficult for them to manage integration across this complex landscape. And that semantic layer is something that uh, companies have to think about. Either they build it or they partner with the vendor to build it or... Um, they get an SI or someone to work with that can help them build the semantic layer, that will help them uh, not only to reuse all the content, all the semantic objects that go back and forth between all these cloud environments, but they also have to think through how fast they can uh, bring innovation to their business users, like Lauren already suggested, right? I mean, it's going to be the business users who is going to be driving IT. IT can ne- mm-hmm. will no longer be in the driver's seat, so the business will be driving IT to move to cloud faster and faster, and as IT has to adapt or uh, move with the business, they have to think through upfront uh, of a technology, of a semantic layer, of a strategy, of an architecture, holistically of how all this comes together. 
Nayaki, do me one favor, please. Semantic layer is a new term for me, and I'm guessing it is for a lot of our listeners. Can you give us a, a one or two or three sentence definition in lay terms of where that fits into your cloud integration, please? Yeah, so uh, in a cloud integration, when we talk about cloud integration, there is one thing called technology. There are multiple technology vendors who provide an integration platform, but within that integration platform, um, companies have to build a semantic layer. And what I mean by semantic layer is various master data objects, the transactions that are going back and forth, so that a given master data is shared between multiple cloud apps, right? So that mm-hmm. semantic layer uh, is what has to be built inside that technology and uh, designed and architected correctly for them to be successful in the long term, for them to be able to move faster and faster into the cloud. I know it's little more; it gets a little more technical. I really didn't want to do a lot of technical <laughs> um, okay. discussion on this, but those are the two different things. So integration uh, comes with the technology and this big semantic layer that uh, companies have to think through. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate your introducing some new terminology to us because we, we want to learn along with our listeners. So thank you for that. Not a problem at all. And we have three minutes left, and we have two minutes of that to give to Greg Chase. Greg, Crystal Ball, 2017. Is that a good year for you? Uh, hopefully. I think it will be a, certainly an interesting year. So uh, what I see here is is almost the resurgence of IT in general, uh, what you heard about a year or two ago was, oh, IT is going away, IT doesn't matter, cloud is going to kill IT, and suddenly uh, some of the most complicated parts of IT are rearing its head again. Uh, not so much the craftsmanship that uh, IT's had to done in the past, uh, now this administrative responsibility is being handled by cloud providers, but you still need to have somebody who knows how the heck are you going to get a SaaS application from one vendor and the data and the security, and how are you going to connect that to the uh, SaaS applications of another another vendor, and then how are you going to tie this with something innovative that your company wants to do uh, inside, say, your Amazon environment? Uh, so what is your data strategy going to be? What is the business process optimization and rationalization going to be? What are the, um, <clears throat> what are the contracts that, that, that are in place and the service level agreements that are in place uh, so that all of these vendors work for your company uh, in the way that you need them to? And okay. this kind of discipline is going to be the new cloud-transformed IT. We're already seeing the need for this, and we're seeing some companies that are able to um, are able to uh, to manage this. So that's where I see the uh, the future being. Thank you, Greg, and I want to thank all my special guests. It's time for Bonnie to do some predictions, and mine are easy because I know what's coming up on the radio in the next two weeks. Starting next week in the Cloud with Game Changers, we'll be talking about, I gave you a preview before, hey, it's your cloud after all. Sounds like a song from Disney World. Peer-to-peer group networking communities. We're going to explore the heck out of it and find out what's going on. We'll even have Sherry Ann Meyer coming back, Greg, talking about uh, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz and how you really need a lot of friends. We'll explain that on the show. 
show. Coffee Break with Game Changers next Wednesday, August 1st. Is it August already? We're revisiting a topic all the way back from March. Smart Grid Utilities, shining the light on big data in you. If you haven't heard of Smart Grid, if you haven't heard of Smart Meter Technology, who's really looking into that power meter in your house and what do they know about you and how can they help you make efficiencies out of your electricity consumption? Hmm, a lot of big questions in there. I want to do some shout-outs. Thank you, Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, Anka Rebel, Greg Chase, and the Business Channel team, and my three very special guests, Lauren Nelson from Forrester, Nayaki Nair from SAP, and Greg Chase filling in at the last minute. You rock. Thank you, Justin, for being a great engineer. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my closing wish for all of you. Go out and make it a game-changing week. Have a good one. We'll see you next week here on SAP Radio. Bye-bye. Thank you again for being part of In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Please join Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. And be sure to tune in to our other program, Coffee Break with Game Changers, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, also on the Business Channel. Between shows, visit us at www.sapgamechangersradio.com. <laughs>